Welcome to Resilient Faith, the podcast. Opportunities to find deeper resilience within ourselves can come when life seems most challenging. This podcast is to help you develop that resilience and connection with God. Being resilient and having power starts with faith. Hello, friends. Welcome to this podcast, the seventh and final in our series, in which we have combined mental health with spiritual exploration and practice. My name is Mary Garbisi, and I'm Director of Congregational Care at Brentwood Presbyterian Church. Thank you for being with us. You may wish to light a candle as we journey through the darkness of this Holy Week, a reminder that God is with us. We're in the final days of Lent. Palm Sunday marked the beginning of Holy Week. For Jesus, it must have been a week of very mixed and intense feelings. The entry into Jerusalem seemed to be a triumph. In between Palm Sunday and Passover, much happened. The routing of the money changers, intense interactions with the Pharisees, and the raising of Lazarus. On Thursday, he observed Passover with his disciples, and then it was the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays for deliverance. His betrayal happens. He's arrested, incarcerated, tortured, and finally, Friday, crucified. He was surrounded by people who were in the process of grieving his death and those who were in denial of it. He was also surrounded by people who were plotting against him and those who were totally oblivious to what was about to happen. He experienced abandonment, desertion, and denial by his friends. It's an understatement indeed that this made for a very emotion-filled week. In Isaiah 53.3, the prophet writes, He was despised and rejected, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. Luke 19.41 reads, As he came near and saw the city, and that's Jerusalem, Jesus wept over it. In John 11, 33, 35, we read, when he saw Mary weeping, and this is at, G at Lazarus's death, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. Jesus wept. As Christians, we come to this week after five weeks of Lenten reflection and self-examination. We knew where all that would take us, and here we are. For many, it is tempting to skip Holy Week and focus on the promise and joy of Easter. But if we're committed to being present to the moment, to stay awake as Jesus asked his disciples to do, then we must live through this week with all its feelings and experiences. Jesus' grief and suffering needs to affect us. His ability to suffer and grieve with others is 
a model for us. He also models grieving his own death. Other people in his life grieve their losses and deaths and sense the coming death of their beloved teacher and friend. At his crucifixion, Mary, his mother, demonstrates her love and care by remaining with him through the agony of his death. She had the support from others as she kept vigil. Joyce Rupp writes about Mary's experience beautifully in her April newsletter. The link is in the show notes. Others around Jesus, however, are unwilling or unable to face the situation. Grief is a difficult emotion, especially when we experience the death of people we love. And But we also grieve the people we have had difficulty with in our lives, especially if we yearned for a closer, more loving relationship and never had it. Most of us resist grieving and are uncomfortable observing it in others. It's a temptation to avoid and deny and quickly move on from whatever makes us feel sad and vulnerable. We want to get back to normal. Well, the truth is, once we experience a loss of any kind, life is altered, even ever so slightly. Things are never exactly the same. Whether or not we are aware of it, we experience loss and little deaths daily. Choosing between positive opportunities or activities every day means that we will not be able to experience everything. This kind of letting go may not be particularly consequential, but is nevertheless a loss. And we grieve because we can't do it all. We let go of unfulfilled dreams and plans throughout our lives. And of course, our greatest loss is that of our own life, our death. If we are willing and aware we can practice with the little deaths, which may make it easier when our time comes. There is much to grieve in life, just as there is much to celebrate. Coming out of the pandemic, we must realize all we have lost. We need to experience collective grief with our fellow human beings. We are all forever changed. Learning to grieve well is emotionally, spiritually, and even physically beneficial. Unprocessed grief does not go away. It will make itself known in some way at some time. With Jesus as our model, we can learn to grieve well and be present for others in their grief. Talking with a therapist or attending a support group is very helpful and often necessary. We need to express our feelings freely without censoring them. Prayer and meditation are also very beneficial. Opening to God's love and care while being totally honest is healing. In this week's daily exam, we explore our relationship with grief. 
I invite you to begin by settling into your body. Relax by taking three deep breaths, making each exhale longer than each inhale. Now place yourself in God's presence. Give thanks for God's great love for you. Know you are safe and held. Pray for the grace to understand how God is acting in your life. Where might God be showing you your unprocessed grief? Where might you be avoiding or denying grief? Practice self-compassion. Review your day. Recall specific moments and your feelings at the time. When did you have to make choices or experience disappointments, sadness, loss, loneliness, emptiness, anxiety? Reflect on what you did, what you said or thought in those instances. Are you reminded of something from the past? Is grief involved? Did you move toward or away from the feelings? 
Were you drawing closer to God or further away? How? Now look toward tomorrow. Think of how you might collaborate more effectively with spirit. Maybe courage to face loss and experience grief. To practice little deaths along the way. Be specific and take these next moments then to pray either the Lord's Prayer or a prayer of your own. Jan Richardson, in her book, The Cure for Sorrow, offers a beautiful blessing titled Gathering the Fragments. The link is in the show notes, but let me read it. Blessing the Fragments. Cup your hands together and you will see the shape this blessing wants to take. Basket, bowl, vessel, it cannot help but hold itself open to welcome what comes. This blessing knows the secret of the fragments that find their way into its keeping. 
the wholeness that may hide in what has been left behind, the persistence of plenty where there seemed only lack. Look into the hollows of your hands and ask what wants to be gathered there. What abundance waits among the scraps that come to you? What feast will offer itself from the pieces that remain? May it be so. Thank you. You've been listening to Resilient Faith, the podcast. Resilient Faith is sponsored by Brentwood Presbyterian Church in West Los Angeles. You can follow our church and this podcast on Facebook at BPC Team and Instagram at BPC underscore USA. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And thanks for listening.